Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In Aristotle's Poetics, when he's looking at the elements of tragedy, he tells us that plot or muthos, which can also be translated as story, is the most important element or part of tragedy. And he calls it a construction or a structure. These are different translations that we can use for synthesis and synstasis, bringing things together. That sun should tell you that we're looking for some sort of unity of different parts, and it is a structure of events, a pragmata, right? So pragmata are the things that are actually done or the things that we care about. Affairs is another way of translating that term. And so the plot is supposed to be bringing together different things into some sort of coherent whole. And we can ask ourselves, Aristotle gives us definitions of tragedy and then adds a little bit to it. How does the construction or the structure of the events, the plot, how does this contribute to the parts of the definition that we're interested in here? Tragedy is itself a mimesis, an imitation, representation, we could also say, of action. Praxis, which is a word which is correlative to pragmaton, actions, what are done or the effects, right? These are fused together and it's a a mimesis of action that is elevated, spudaias, or we could translate that as serious, right? This is an important aspect. It's not just trivial matters. Complete, teleas, this is a really important term here brought to its fruition, we could say, uh, of magnitude. There's different ways of, of expressing that in Greek and Aristotle uses them. And then a little bit later, he's going to mention that it is whole. Holes, right? Entire. And that kind of goes with the complete, right? So we could say that these are all connected with each other. How do they, how does a plot produce that effect for us? How does it successfully produce tragedy? So Aristotle is going to give us some insights along the way in the work. And one of these has to do with, it may seem very commonsensical to you, but, but actually it's not. And this is why a lot of people are bad writers or bad conceivers or bad actors. He says a whole is that which has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And this, again, may seem very commonsensical to you, but a lot of times people lose sight of this, right? So it has an archein, a beginning. Uh, an arche has a certain meaning here that we're going to unpack. A middle part of meson, right? A joining thing. And then an end, teleutain. Now this notion, end, teleutain, is connected with teleos. And the notion of end as like where we're going with things. Not just that it finishes and then screen goes blank and we're like, oh, what happened there, right? The way sometimes series can do frustrating people because I don't know the ending. It's a little bit more complex than that. So we want to think out the connections and we could even say the causality. What is a beginning? 
He tells us a beginning is that which does not itself follow necessarily from something else, but after which a further event or process naturally occurs. So the beginning is kind of an arbitrary starting point, but it's one that we choose because it's apt and then things flow from it, right? What about an end? An end is that which naturally occurs, whether necessarily or usually after a preceding event, but need not be followed by anything else. A middle is that which both follows a preceding event and has further consequences. So we've got, you know, all these connections and we've got relations of this causes this, or this leads to this, right? This produces the situation in which this character chooses this. So Aristotle is going to talk about well-constructed plots. Tus sunestotas eu muthos. Muthos is the plot, right? Eu well sunestotas. You know, well put together, we could say. And so what is characteristic of a well-constructed plot? It should not begin or end at an arbitrary point. It is arbitrary in the sense that like everything can be looked at from different points of view. But as far as the unity of the story goes, you tell the story beginning at the place where it needs to start. You finish it up at the point where it needs to end. And you don't have to go any further. I mean, it's kind of interesting to think about this in our own time, which is just obsessed with lore and prequels and sequels. A good constructed plot stands on its own. It doesn't say, well, we'll get this explained in the next movie or the next installation. It, it is a unity. It, it can work by itself. If no other thing is ever produced, that is sufficient, right? And he says that it shouldn't begin or end at an arbitrary point, but should make use of the patterns, the ideas that we have already presented to you. So that's something that's quite important. And then we can think about some other aspects, including the magnitude. And this has to do with the amount of time that we're going to devote to a play. How long should a play be? And Aristotle, earlier he did say, well, typically tragedy happens within the scope of one day. He's not saying it always has to be like that, right? He's just saying that's a, a descriptive statement, not a normative statement as many people have taken it to be. But it's got to be the right amount of time. And he says that a limit of length referring to competitions and powers of attention of the audience is extrinsic to the art, right? What we actually want to think about is the limit, the horos, the dividing line that conforms to the matter that we're looking at in the play. And it can be longer if the play really is well unified, if it's really well constructed, provided that you have clarity or coherence. Mechri to sundelos. So mechri means up to that point of things still being clear enough. Can your audience follow what's actually happening here? If so, then the more that you have, the better the play is provided you don't go to the point where it starts to break down and people can't figure out what's going on, right? So he says, how long should this be? The size which allows a transformation to occur 
in, now notice this, in a probable or necessary sequence of events from adversity to prosperity or prosperity to adversity, that is a sufficient limit of magnitude. And we're going to come back to this probability or necessity in just a bit. Uh, the next thing that he tells us, which is really quite interesting, is that one failing strategy for having a unified play is to focus it entirely around one character in the play or an individual, as he says, right? He tells us that a plot is not unified as some people think. So people are making mistakes with this if built around one individual. Why? Because as he says, an entity has innumerable features, not all of which cohere into a unity and an individual performs many actions which yield no unitary action. And he says that, you know, poets go wrong with this. Homer did a better job in the Odyssey. Why? He doesn't tell us what, what Odysseus had for breakfast. Yeah, I mean, this is not from Aristotle. This is just my being facetious here. He, he didn't tell, include every feature of the hero's life where the events lacked necessary or probable connections, but he has structured the Odyssey around a unitary action. So this gives you an idea. Unitary action. If you read the Odyssey, it's a long work, right? But it is all one unitary action, as Aristotle is going to say. So you can have a single important character, or, you know, more than one, but you need more than that to provide unity. And here's where we get to talking about probability and necessity. So he's going to contrast this against plots that are episodic, right? Plots where things are just kind of thrown all together. Episodiodes is, is how the Greek runs here. And he says that by episodic, I mean a, a plot, a story in which the episodes, the little portions of the work, follow one another without probability or necessity. So probability, echoes things, you know, seeming plausible. It seems like this would actually make sense or necessity. If this happens, well, then this has to happen, right? Things flow from each other by necessity. So a plot that doesn't unify the story, the characters, the actions in this way is not going to be a very good plot and it's going to ruin the tragedy. And no Notice what he says about this. Bad poets do this through their own fault because they can't do any better. Good poets do it for the sake of the actors. They construct showpieces and they stretch the plot beyond its capacity. Here, instead of like focusing it just on a character, we focus it on the actor, right? And then we make the character too important in the play and things don't hold together. It's more of a character study than anything else. And so Aristotle thinks that if you want to have a, a good unified plot, absolutely necessary for tragedy, you got to put some thought into this. And this leads us into the advice that he provides a little bit later on about how to do this, right? He says that people should construct plots and work them out in language, in diction, with the material as much as possible in the mind's eye, right? And so pro omaton, right? The mind's eye, we could actually think about visualization as well here. So he tells us that by seeing these things vividly, as if you're present at the events, you're thinking about your play and how things are going, you can discover what is actually most appropriate, prepo. This is an important term in Greek. And you can also not miss 
contradictions. They will not be veiled literally for you. And he says that, you know, if you look at some of these ancient plays, he mentions one play that we don't actually have. Play actually didn't work. The audience was annoyed at it. Why? Because they didn't think it out ahead of time how it would actually appear for an audience. And he goes on and he tells us that, you know, we should first lay out the general structure and then develop the sequence of episodes. So instead of like saying, oh, I've got this really cool scene I've written. I want to figure out a play around it. Think about what your overall action is going to be. And that is going to help you to have some sort of overarching unity to it. And then you start writing the different parts to fit that and bringing the characters and their actions and all the other elements that we think are important together into something that should remain a complex and dynamic unity. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.